Well, hello and good day, beautiful, marvelous, tremendous podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you again. I hope that wherever you are on this marvelous planet that you are doing, fantastic. I am sending you all of my love, well wishes, prayers, good vibes, positive intent, energy, your way, wishing you, your family, your friends, all of the best. We've got another phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have Dr. John Jakewish on, and we are talking about superhuman performance and also a very um, effective but controversial way of training. He wrote a book called Why Cardio and Weight Training Are a Waste of Time. So um, obviously that got a little bit of flack from the industry, uh, but you'll see why he wrote that book and the science that he's speaking about because his background is very fascinating. He's a scientist. He's a doctor. He developed a technology called OsteoStrong to help build bone density, and he partnered with Tony Robbins. And so he also, his second invention, and this is really what it's about, is the X3 bar using bands um, as a way to train and get a better level of performance, not only for your body and your structure, but to do it in a safer way. He's got endorsements from the Miami Heat, and uh, you know, it's just something that's very uncommon. So in this episode, we talk about endurance, Pavel Tatsulin's training. Um, I ask him about superhuman training, superhuman performance, uh, keys to longevity, uh, how we can train for strength, how we can train for safety, the two greatest drivers for a long life, and the studies that he brings along about why this technology works, why it's more effective, and why you should use it. So this is a fantastic episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please share it as far and as wide as you can. Leave a review on iTunes. Become a member at mattbelair.com. Join the membership. You can join by donation or even for free if you just send me an email i'll be happy to um add you to the uh, members area because the censorship is, is straight bonkers and we're overcoming that we're getting the word out as i just mentioned the other day we hit another million downloads so we have five million worldwide downloads we've hit um number one and I, I think 20 to 30 countries i don't know exactly i gotta add them up but it's definitely over 20 countries uh, around the world and that's all thanks to you guys sharing the word and i really really appreciate it so even though they're deleting blacklisting shadow banning and all that kind of fun stuff we are still getting the word out there Um, as always the best way to support this show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today and if you're a person that really wants a step-by-step master system for overcoming self-sabotage strengthening your connection with spirit overcoming fear and designing and living the life of your dreams check out the absolute phenomenal soul compass course you can also go through the quantum heart hypnosis audios those go through all the human archetypes about fear and courage living your life purpose connection with spirit making a positive impact in this world there are tons of tools for that so you can live your dharma live your life purpose live in alignment with the highest and truest authentic you and leave a legacy over a lifetime and so if that sounds interesting uh, to you um you know check out all of those things and you can also apply for coaching as well if you go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching but all of this stuff that i create as far as programs and products have to do with that you know knowing for sure in your heart and your soul who you are who you came here to be what legacy you're going to live and how to add mindset and peak performance to making that happen because it's not so much um knowing the direction that's your highest self it's being able to walk it each and every day with all the things that life's bring life brings us so um that's it um uh, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into the show wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath 
and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, courage, inspiration, connection, and ready to enjoy this phenomenal episode with Dr. John Jaquish. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are overcoming extreme censorship. If you want to support this show, please do what you can to share, leave a review, uh, become a member over at mattbelair.com, and most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a doctor, inventor, and entrepreneur. He began his experience in life sciences after being told by his mother that she had been diagnosed with osteoporosis. In an effort to bring his mother, uh, to help his mother, he created a device to safely cause osteogenic loading events. The device was to trigger the effects of high impact loading, but without the risk of injury. His device has now helped over 30,000 individuals with their bone health. He is the author of Why Weightlifting is a Waste of Time, and So is Cardio, and the inventor of the X3 Bar. Welcome to the show, Dr. John Jaquish. Matt, thanks for having me. This is great. I'm so excited to, to dive in because, you know, your, your model of the world, it pisses a lot of people off, but I love it because I was, I was telling you, um, you know, I, I, I just want the results, right? We were chatting a little bit before and whatever, whatever gets you re- the results is the thing that we use. Right. And you uh, did an interview with my friend, uh, Jay Campbell, and, and he's, you know, mm-hmm. that guy's built like a Greek God, you know? And so he's all about science and results too. And so, you know, you've done a lot of amazing work, especially with the, um, the machine you invented, you know, that I, I can't imagine how you would reverse engineer creating bone density. So obviously you have a science background, you know what you're talking about. And I would just love for you to share a little bit about your background. What, what made you write this book and, and create this invention? And let's move into a little bit about peak performance, because now we want people to optimize their health, but I'm also curious about, you know, how do we, you know, create peak performance. And by definition, what does that, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the discovery, so I, I was working on getting basically the postmenopausal population to be able to generate bone density. So they wouldn't potentially have need for some of the medications out there, which had some serious side effects. That was my mother's drive to like, not, she didn't want to do uh, use any of the any of the pharmaceuticals that were out there, and so I said maybe I can maybe I can come up with a better way, and I did. So, but it's also not for everyone. Like it requires you to generate a lot of voluntary force. So, like for example, it's going to put you in a position where the back of the hand, back of the hand is in line with the clavicle, 120 degree angle from upper to lower arm, and you compress your own bone mass as you move. And there's a computer screen in front of you that tells you what you're doing and you're constantly being compared in real time to your previous performance, uh, your last sessions, or yeah, your last sessions, your all time best and your beginning performance. So uh, you have a lot of data in front of you and you're always in competition with the previous version of yourself. So uh, it works like a, like a therapy intervention, not so much like an exercise, doesn't feel like an exercise, it's very euphoric when you use it, you feel great. But in the process of treating this bone loss, I realized that it is a sort of super high performance type 
therapy that you can go through to make your bone mass incredibly powerful. Like I, my, my bone mass is two and a half standard deviations above normal. So like, like hugely powerful bone, like the chances of me fracturing are very, very low. And, uh, and I it's continue a- to use, I continue to use the device, but, uh, well, I mean, hit and miss, like I used to be around osteostrong device. They're called osteostrong. Uh, I found at the osteostrong clinics. I used to travel to at least one a week and you only need to do one session a week to get the optimal result. So, but because of, uh, you know, this virus outrage, uh, and fear, that we're not able to, you notice I didn't say virus <laughs> because of the fear. Uh, we're not really able to be around uh, uh, these locations once a week. And I, I'm certainly not, there's not one near my office because uh, my office is up by Lake Tahoe in California. So um, while I have not been able to do those osteogenic loading sessions, um, the effect lasts within the human body for 30 years. So I still have very high levels of bone density. And as soon as I get back to it, like I did a session, I was in LA last week. So I did one in Los Angeles. Uh, So, but it was in the analysis of the data where I realized that humans were so much more powerful in very specific impact ready ranges of motion. So where you are able to absorb impact, and I just showed you that position, you can either produce or absorb the greatest amount of force. So when I look at the amount of force that people are able to absorb, it didn't make sense to me that we would go out and lift weights. Like, wait wait a minute, we're seven times stronger here versus here. So why would we exercise like that? Why would we exercise with one weight moving through this entire range of motion? Doesn't make any sense. Like now there is the sport of the bench press. There is the sport of the squat and the clean and jerk and a lot of other different weightlifting, powerlifting movements. Those are fine. But if it comes to what we're going to do to make ourselves stronger, there's obviously a better way. And that was why I wrote the book. Weightlifting is a waste of time. So I, I, I saw, it was just crystal clear to me. I'm seven times stronger in my impact ready range versus my weaker range. Why lift a weight? We need a weight that changes as we move. So my first idea was maybe I'll just write a book about band training. But then after thinking about it for a little bit, the problem is the bands that were available at the time, this was years ago, were pretty weak. They were like rehab bands, you know, 20 pounds or whatever. You throw one around your back. You can do, you can do some push-ups. You can do about as many push-ups as you could if you didn't have the band. So it's like, all right, this isn't, this isn't going to stimulate any growth because if you really want a muscle to grow, there's no getting away from heavy. you got to go as heavy as you can handle it. And so what we need is a strategy to get heavier specifically in ranges of motion that we are more powerful because that takes the muscle to a deeper level of fatigue. So we need greater force for greater gains. Like anybody can remember that, right? No, and no one argues with that. It's like, yeah, obviously that makes sense. Well, when I do my chest press with the X3, here's the X3. I don't, I don't have a giant band here with me, but I hook the band so that it's wrapped around my shoulders, my back. And as I press out, 
uh, I'm holding 550 pounds at the top, 300 pounds in the middle and hundred pounds at the bottom of the movement. And so I go to fatigue and diminishing range. So I do however many full range repetitions I can do without a lockout. Then however, mid, you know, when I can't do that anymore, then I go mid range. And then the last repetition may be just like an inch off of my chest holding that hundred pounds. And I have exhausted every single range of motion and the growth stimulus is so much more powerful than regular weight training, which is why people put on 20 pounds of mass within six months after starting, starting this. I mean, these are experienced weightlifters that are putting on 20 pounds of mass. It's a bit hard to kind of believe what you're saying. If, if people aren't watching this video, because you can see those little tiny arms that you push forward with. So I can't see, I can't see how you're yeah. getting results. And for the listeners, I'm, I'm being dramatic because his arms are freaking massive. <laughs> now, they look like the legs on a rhinoceros. Yeah. Yeah. They're massive. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Cause I do, you know, it's, it's really fascinating because when I came across this, I was doing a lot of the deadlift stuff and looking at the work of Pavel Tatsulin. I'd never done a deadlift in my life. I never really did a squat in my life. I was doing mostly cardio based and snowboard training and things like that. And, and by no means was I a fitness expert. I was yeah. just doing more cardio based stuff. So then I started to do the squats and deadlift and I got stronger. And then I learned about bands and it made sense to me. Oh, you're like you said, 70% stronger at, at the top of the lift seven times, stronger. seven times. Okay. Seven times stronger. Yeah. So, you know, picking the barbell off the floor, if you can increase the load as you go up with the bands or the change, it started to make sense. Yep. And so, um, what else is important about this type of workout when we're moving into uh, performance or strength? Is this something that, um, like when we, when we think about superhuman performance, I think about strength. So the Pavel stuff with the kettlebell, what I see small people do with kettlebell is phenomenal. How much weight they're moving. I'm like, wow, that person is strong. But then there's also function and movement and uh, cardio. And so how do you see um, superhuman performance? Because I know you work with a lot of athletes as well, right? So we yeah. want to be faster, stronger, more adaptable, increase balance, all these different things. And so I'm mm -hmm. wondering if you could, well, anything more you want to say about that before I interrupt it, please do. And then- yeah. um, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of fitness goals are conflicting goals. Like, if you want to be able to run long distances efficiently, like, and compete at that, you're not going to be able to carry much muscle mass. Some, maybe, uh, but not much. And if you want to be as big and as strong as possible, you're not going to be able to run marathons. It's not going to happen because you're too big. Like, the myth that bigger athletes have poor cardiovascular health uh, comes from the fact that uh, a, a strength athlete has larger muscle. So when I run up a flight of stairs versus like when a guy, so I weigh 240 pounds and like if a guy who run, weighs 140 pounds, who's a runner, he goes up the stairs. He doesn't break a sweat. He's not out of breath. I'm, you know, if I run up a flight of stairs, I'm out of breath. I got some sweat on my face. And uh, why? Well, because my legs are four times bigger than his are. And blood has to pump to that massive amount of quadricep and glute as I'm pushing my way up the stairs. So it's, I got a V12 engine and that guy's, you know, got like a, like a, a Prius engine, right? You know, four cylinder weak. Good on gas goes forever. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, like if you want, like your body is going to adapt I mean, in some ways, it doesn't adapt in every way. Like the idea that you can adapt to like drinking poison. Yeah, that's bullshit. Um, works well in movies, though. The Princess Bride was hilarious. Uh, 
but the um, you know you 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 adapt by putting your body in extreme environments. If the extreme environment is to go long distances on on small amount of fuel, your body upregulates cortisol, which gets rid of muscle, as in you lose your muscle. And it and the other thing cortisol does is it preserves your body fat. So it doesn't make you fatter, but it keeps you fatter longer. Hmm. So like you look at distance runners and they're skinny fat. Like they have, they have a lot of flab and cellulite on them, but they're not heavy people. And they also lose bone density. So they're likely to have fractures. Yeah. Is um, that the, is that the, you know, is that the reason why it's not recommended to do uh, long-term cardio because it's not good on the body over a long duration? Like if we think about keys to health, you know, being a martial artist, it is kind of that balance or CrossFit. They try to work that balance of like, what's possible here. If you get super strong and you're throwing, I don't know what the snatch is a pretty impressive one. If you're, if you snatch over a hundred pounds, I'm impressed. I can't even do the movement, but you got massive weight going up. That's, that's quite the strength. Um, but mm-hmm. then can you run and do all these things? So they try to mold that in. And I feel like that's what we try to do in martial arts is if I can be strong, but not gas out. And then that guy's going to kick my butt. Um, well, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it as what do you recommend for the average person, right? They just want to get healthy. They want to feel good. They want to go to the beach. So what, what, what should they be doing and what are some myths for that? And then maybe speak about the athlete that I would like to go for because <laughs> it's me personally. That's what I want. I want strength. I want unlimited cardio. And I know it's a very hard thing to, to work out, but I, I really love your opinion on it. So there's a lot of ways I could have cast X3 as far as, you know, whether it's, speed or power what like i could have i could have adjusted the program like there's one program for everybody and that program will give you large musculature and it will give you incredible strength uh it will also enhance your cardiovascular ability because of the deep level of fatigue you go to it gives the the cardiac system a better stimulus in fact uh, and there's a hundred different studies that have proven this, and they're all compiled in a meta-analysis that I reference in the book. Uh, but cardiovascular exercise uh, gives you the same cardiovascular health benefit, health, notice I said health, not endurance, uh, as weight training does. So, they both do the same thing. And my position is there's really no such thing as cardio. It's just, cardio is just really shitty strength training that doesn't make you stronger. Because you're going through movement. Like, it's not like your body has like a switch. It's not like ketosis. Like you're, you're moving, you're contracting muscles, you're moving blood around to get an effect. But you're getting much less of an overall effect when you pick a lightweight and just go like whatever thousands of repetitions if you're a runner, like you're not really stimulating anything other than your heart to move blood at a very low intensity rate. Now we also know the greatest adaptations in the human body come from high intensity, not low intensity. So, you know, so is that, is that why the um, like the orange theory type of thing has come out? And I guess I'd need the, the distinction between, cardio and then endurance because if i you know if i'm going into combat and i gas out right away i'd want to have the right training what would you suggest as a protocol for that type of training because if i'm gassed out after round one then i'm gonna get my butt kicked in round yeah. two like and that's why it's interesting yeah, we see in mma all the time like some guy walks in to the octagon and he looks way stronger than the other guy just just outlast him and then he'll oh. just tip over 
all the time. Like the Diaz brothers, right? They kind of have that, that skinny fat. They run, they do the triathlons, you know, they never look ripped, but you yeah. see like, as the rounds go on, they have this unlimited cardio. And then, but you see the guy who's super ripped oftentimes his cardio is, is challenging. So do you have a, like a suggestion for that? Uh, it depends on the individual. Like, like, like as, as X3 goes, I tell everybody to do exactly the same thing, including the NFL and the NBA. Uh, cause I, I work with a lot of guys in both of those. Um, and I like working with those guys cause they're drug tested cause we can see what's really going to happen to somebody when they, when they take their training to the next level with X3. Um, so I tell them just do the program exactly how it's ascribed. And then the other stuff that they do, the drills that they do, the, like an NBA player has to train for some endurance. Like, so they actually want to limit muscle growth to a degree so that they can be able to move. Because ultimately the best thing to do for, for your endurance is to lose muscle. Like they're, they're opposing goals completely. So if you're going to have great endurance, but you also want to be as muscular as possible, cut your goals in half on both sides. Cause that's what you're dealing with. Anything better on one category is means worse than the other. So um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see uh, a need for most people to have great cardiovascular endurance. We don't live in a time where we've got to carry a bucket of water for two miles. You know, we just don't, uh, we have all, you know, we have bicycles, very efficient machine. The most efficient machine ever created is a bicycle. Um, so I don't, I don't, you know, look to, to do that. And even, even back when I was uh, in university, I knew uh, enough because I had already been studying this kind of, kind of stuff uh, at the time. And so like as a rugby player, I, uh, I had lower cardiovascular endurance because I was a little bit bigger. But what I would do is I'd sprint, you know, like sprinting and, and sort of slow running are like what you do as a rugby player for 80 straight minutes. But what I would do is I'd sprint and then I'd walk. And so was I slower to get, you know, reposition myself? Maybe a little. But was I able to perform? Yeah, I was. Because then when it came time to sprint again, I was ready. Whereas the other guys who are trotting around the field, yeah, they lasted about, you know, 20, 30 minutes in the game. And then it was just like, I, I can't do this anymore. So, and they weren't even as big as me. So, yeah. Right. Well, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Pavel Tatsulin. I don't know uh, how you feel about his training or his ideas. He was, he was helpful in uh, helping me create strength when I had never researched that before. Uh, I'd mm -hmm. never done the deadlift. I'd never done the squad. And that's actually why um, I found that your device would be really fantastic right now because a lot of the world, well, Canada's, we're locked in. So I got myself another kettlebell and his focus is purely strength and you know, if I want to just be strong, that's great. Cause I'm not putting on huge muscle mass because then I, it will sacrifice like if I'm my, on my skateboard and I'm at like 210 pounds <laughs> might not be the most ideal. And so that's why I kind of change my training and use these things here and there. So mm -hmm. can you talk about his protocols for just strength training? Like what does a person do for super strength? This is my curiosity. Then I definitely want to mm -hmm. ask you about the average person for guys and girls, you know, what do they do? They just want to have healthy bodies. They want to have energy. I'd love to, you know, hear you talk about that as well. Cause I feel like there's my personal questions for you. And then there's the audience one. So I kind of want to ask both. Sure. So the, the, 
when he says strength, what he means is neurological adaptation, being able to switch on more muscle fibers quicker. And that's a great adaptation to have. And so his kettlebell training focuses on that, which is why he gets strength, but not necessarily size. Now, that's a lot like when a pitcher throws a ball over 100 miles an hour, throws a fastball. Um, it takes a lot of time to train for that, to be able to fire that much muscle, to be able to get that ball to go off your fingertips and be able to throw it at that speed. So that's what Pavel's doing. And so the skills with an awkward object that you're having to manage around you, uh, they translate well into martial arts uh, and maybe even things like snow skiing or snowboarding or, or whatever, because you're able to manage your body weight plus an awkward object around you and maintain balance. So like I would, but I would define that as skill training. There's not a lot of hypertrophy going on. X3 is very much in a different direction. You do get the skill of switching on muscles, but in a gross way, because we're not doing anything uh, with the upper body with like a single hand. You can you can hold 20% more weight if, you, if you're using both hands versus one hand at a time and then adding those two loads together uh, because body's too unstable uh, with, with one-handed loading. So, and th this is specifically for muscle mass. So that's the way I sort of sculpted the X3 program. And the reason I did that really has nothing to do with performance at all. It has to do with vanity. People don't buy products. People buy better versions of themselves. And there's some mindset stuff in there, right? Like, what, what, what do most people want? They say, I want to be strong. And I'm like, no, nah, bullshit. You want to look good. You want to attract more women. And they're like, well, yeah, like every time. Yeah. Like, do you want to win the, you know, the, the kettlebell contest? I mean, do they? Yeah, they probably do. They've been training for it. It'd be cool. Be cool to have a trophy. Be cool to post on the internet about it. But ultimately focus on you, you get like, I feel like I'm having such a great impact because I'm, I'm focusing on people and showing them how they can look so much better. And there is massive market there because mo most things don't make people look any different in, you know, while neural adaptations can come on fast, like learning how to swing a golf club or throw a baseball or a kettlebell, managing a kettlebell all around your body. Um, what's going to change the quality of life the most for you when you look impressive? So it's like, it's, I'm not just like teaching people that it's all for show because it's not like, I, I mean, I am strong. I can pick up some small cars, but, uh, and I could never have done that before when I was a chubby 190 pounds, but, um, like I was, I was a chubby guy, like at, at, when I turned 40, just like nobody would think that this, this is a guy who will ever be fit. Hmm. And then you know, a couple of years later, I gained 45 pounds of muscle and lost 16 pounds of body fat. And I looked absolutely dynamite. Well, so, and, and, um, and I, I hear what you're saying. And I kind of had that idea with it. It reminds me of a book that I read. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Psycho Cybernetics. 
and uh, it was an old, it, this guy was a surgeon and he would just talk about how people would um, come in and want surgery and how he would talk to them and figure out what the inner world was doing. And very often people weren't comfortable with their bodies. Right. And so often a lot of men and a lot of women, they want to get to a place where they feel confident in their body. Me personally, I, I want strength. I don't care. Like I like the yeah. body looks good, but yeah, but I know that you have the knowledge in each area, but for most people, you're very correct in that where, you know, they want to, they want to look good and you feel good. You know, when you, when you see, when you're proud of your body, the way it works, the way it functions, you know, I think Socrates had a quote that said, uh, you know, this is actually a perfect one. Socrates would like this because he said, what a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the uh, beauty of his body or something like that, like the strength yeah, the and beauty of his body. Yeah. Of, yeah, body of which is capable. So I feel like that's the function of what you're doing, which it's interesting because the bands in that, that idea is a relatively new concept of this uh, progressive loading and how that is having performance and strength. And there are definitely other areas for it. And mm. um, so I think that that's important. And then is this as effective for women as well, or is this mostly uh, for men? Oh, it's just, it's probably more so effective for women because guys will take the risk of lifting heavy and still be able to get some results. Women, do, they don't like that risk. Like if they think they're going to get injured, they, no, mm, they won't do it. Right. So they'll go high reps, slow speed, uh, and, and, and just, you know, the tendencies. And there's some psychological studies on this. But I also want to point out, like with bands, yeah, people see there's lower risk. But the problem is when they try, and I, I was I, I distracted myself earlier, you throw a heavy band around your back, like one that comes with the X3, like the the 600 pound band. You can't do a push up with it, even if you can do it, if you can chest press it with the bar. And the reason is because your wrists are twisting outwardly, and you break them. So without the bar and without the plate that you stand on to protect your ankles, so it's all about the interface, the wrists and the ankles. Those are the interface points. If you don't protect the interface points, you're just going to like, you're either going to train so light, you're not going to do anything. You gain no strength, nothing. You're just wasting your time. Or you go heavy enough to create an injury. So that's why the bar was so key. That's why the plate to stand on was just absolutely necessary. And you ever once want to see somebody like use the X3 and they're like, oh, I didn't want to drag the plate on vacation. So, you know, they, they're just standing on, on the band and they're trying to do like a 300 pound deadlift. And of course the ankles, you know, if here's the bottom of their feet, their feet are doing this. You break an ankle doing that. And I tell them like, don't do that. Like you didn't bring the plate. You, you might as well have left everything at home. You're not going to accomplish anything other than maybe an injury. So <laughs> I, I really, I really push that people have to use the thing right because not everybody understands why why the plate is there, why the bar rotates. The bar has to rotate to keep your wrist neutral, right? So you're always driving down the radius and ulna, not like this, not like this. So that's why there's rotation in the bar. You can see I can spin this bar and this stays parallel with, with the ground. So there's a reason for that. But a lot of people don't know that. In fact, there have been customers that, like sent us messages and says, oh, my bar is broken, it rotates. And I'm like, what? Yeah, of course it rotates. That's to keep you safe. Like, oh. So because I get those responses, I want everybody to really stick to the program. 
and uh, and then and then get what what's being delivered. Now, are there other like drills and stuff they add on top of that? Like I told you, like the the NFL and the NBA, they didn't change their drills at all. They just went from lifting weights to to doing X three, hmm. and they've had incredible results ever since. Like speed differences, uh, injury reduction. The Miami Heat. That's the only team that's done it. You see, they they endorsed the book, um, which NBA and NFL teams don't endorse anything because it's their brand, right? It's very valuable. Well, they they you know they gave me in writing. You can you can use uh, the quote from our strength coach with the brand of the team because like you've really helped the team. And so they're, uh, they're the least injured team right now. Uh, they have they're yeah, when they play, they're safe, they're stronger, faster, and they don't, they don't injure. And for, for guys in the NBA injuries are, that's what determines how a team does if they can avoid injuries for a season. Well, well, you know, I have a, a comment first, you know, I remember when I watched you and Jay speak, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at this thing. And, you know, you get things like, uh, you know, the Bowflex or whatever. <laughs> I used to love the infomercials and I want to get all that kind of stuff. And when I started to look in the science of band training and, and what you were working on and how simple it was, because I knew about squats and deadlifts and how things worked. And it's like, wow, this is a very minimal and effective system, right? And you need to show up and do the work, right? But like this, this hits everything. Right. And so you don't have to overcomplicate it. And everyday Joe, who's like, I don't know what to do, can go and apply this and get results if they keep using it. Um, right. And it hits all the most important aspects of health, in, in my view, most, most of them anyway. And then yeah. so I thought that that's just an impressive system as well, you know, in itself. But then I'm curious about the um, the athletes. Are you saying that the Miami Heat, they just stopped doing deadlifts and front squats? Because that's how I would want to use it. And that's with this lockdown. I'm like, how can I use this to increase my strength and then improve my ability in other sports? Are they? Are yeah, they, they do their deadlifting and their squats with the X3. Awesome. And so you can you can be if, if someone was looking for straight up strength gains and squats and uh, deadlift, is it a safer alternative? And, and does the band have that much resistance to uh, keep the evolution of the athlete going? Yes. And yes, it's much safer and you're going to lift uh, more repetitions because, because of the variable resistance, you're able to deal with more weight with more repetition. So like I, I told you, when I do a chest press, 550 pounds is the peak force. And I might hit that 20 times. Now that yeah, doesn't and, handle that weight in all ranges of motion. Yeah. And can you do like a, a simple math on that? Uh, Cause I'm not going to be able to, let's just say your squat uh, is, I don't know, for the average person, let's say your squat is 200 pound max. How does that differentiate in the X3 bar? So once you get to the, the seven times stronger amount, what are you going to be pulling in that scenario? And then you, cause you can see, like you talked about earlier, the load of it, right? How much right. load your body's doing. So that, that way you're actually testing the body. Cause it seems like you're only really being tested at like the bench press is off the chest. Right. And then you get so much stronger. And then the, the squat, you sit all the way down and you got to get out of the hole. Right. And yeah. then you get gradually stronger. So if you're looking for adaptation in the body, and what the body is capable of, it seems to make sense that you'd want to use something like this. And then my final thought on this is I see people sometimes, you know, you go to the gym and they do the most terrible squat where they get the bar off and they put like 800 pounds of load on there and they're just and kind they're of hunching holding. their back and yeah, yeah, they're kind of just holding the weight. Like, is there any, is there any, or they do a deadlift where it's off the rack, right? They're kind of just doing shoulder. Is there benefit to that? I don't understand that. 
I'll start with the deadlift. Is there, de- is there benefit to a rack pull? Uh, yeah, it's sort of uh, from a neurological standpoint. You, you're training the body to fire a lot more uh, tissue in a shorter period of time. So uh, especially for the, the guys who are in competition, so explosive deadlift, I mean, that's part of the competition. You got to be able to get it quick off the ground. That would be beneficial. Um, also, the loading of the tendons and ligaments at that high degree will force fibrocartilage uptake. And that was from a 1999 study, uh, Benjamin and Ralph's. Um, but it showed that if you compress a joint at multiples body weight, you get a change in fibrocartilage uptake. So basically the tendons and ligaments get thicker and more powerful. So, uh, so you're switching on more muscle faster, you're building your tendons and ligaments, and you're gonna get a bit of uh, myofibril growth too but you're also missing out on any sarcoplasmic growth and any chance for hypoxia, which is keeping the blood in the muscle so that your heart basically doesn't see that muscle anymore and then downregulates myostatin so that you're able to gain more muscle mass all over your body. So, I mean, these, these, uh, that, that's sort of the intention with um, like the uh, tourniquet training. You seem to dudes do that. Or they put like a tourniquet around their arm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like okay, I got blood you. Blood flow, yeah. So, but X3 does it anyway, if you keep constant tension. Because basically when you're at the top of movement, when you're lifting regular weights, you're doing nothing. Because you could handle seven times more. So you're just kind of sitting there with the weight. So you're really only taxing the muscle when it's at the bottom part of the movement. Like the squat, the hard part is getting out of the hole. The top is just like, eh. It's easy enough. Once you get past a certain point, you know the guy's going to make it all the way up. So by varying the resistance, it's equal hardness everywhere you are. So it's hard at the bottom, hard in the middle, and hard at the top. And it's no harder or less hard in any particular place. So, but you can handle more weight at the peak. So more force through the muscle means more testosterone uh, receptors or are live and then your body makes more testosterone. Uh, and then, um, you know, of course, if you keep constant tension, you're getting the hypoxic benefits. So that changes your genetic potential to hold muscle. Another thing that something, somebody who's not using X3 is not going to get that benefit. Uh, and then and these uh, are, these are keys for longevity too, right? Like testosterone, especially totally. along the, the youth of today, right there, they uh, are, seem to be testosterone deficient. So, just to be clear for me, cause I'm kind of, I don't know too much about this. You're saying it's this strain of the muscle, like that, that prolonged force that's going to create the testosterone reaction in the body. So that type of training every day, you're going to be yeah. producing that within the body. And then if you do cardio, for example, um, you're not going to be producing that because you're not, it, the body doesn't need to f- create it for the force you're putting out. Cause it's yeah, very you, low you, impact. You downregulate, you lower, yeah. you lower your testosterone with, with uh, cardio. Got it. And yeah. so for longevity too, for men, um, what I've seen is strength and muscle are very helpful, right? When you, like having more muscle density and strength um, is very helpful for long-term health. Is that true? Or am I just making that when, up? When it comes, so that's an awesome question. And there's a big section in the book about it. Like I, 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 I wanted to find out, like once I invented this, this, this product, uh, the great world's greatest strength training device. It's super simple, super elegant. Anybody can do it. Probably going to put every gym out of business. Uh, or there'll be gyms that are just filled with X3s, you know, one of the two. 
but I'm like, I want to, I want to look at like, what, like, what does muscularity really do long-term? Cause you've heard, uh, like in, in, uh, what, what is it called? And these guys, extreme caloric restriction, you know, they'll eat like 50 calories a day. And then they say they're going to live like 300 years, except that never happens. Right. Um, you just never hear from the guy again. So I imagine any guy who said that probably died and they just didn't make a thing of it. So, uh, or he's waiting to die, whatever. Because, well, I mean, first of all, if you're going to weigh like, you're going to be an adult male and weigh, you know, 100 pounds, is that a life worth living? Because you look like you're going to die for your whole life and you have the strength of a decrepit person. So what's the point of that? So I wanted to find out like what really is like, I mean, are, is it possible that we're damaging ourselves by long-term, by, by growing that much muscle? Is it is the expression, the candle that burns twice as bright only burns half as long? Is that true of human life? So I found the answer. And the answer was absolutely obvious. The two greatest uncontested drivers of a long life are high levels of strength and low levels of body fat. So strength athletes will outlast. And of course, you know, low level body fat, like I know a lot of powerlifters, they don't care about body fat, but they should because they want to live a long time. And also being in a lower weight class means you get to uh, compete against weaker people, which is good if you want to win. Right. So, right. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And I, I'd seen that. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the clarity. And so what would you offer to people who uh, they, they're just looking for, Hey, I I'm a regular Joe. I'd like to stay in shape. Uh, what are your keys to health and how do they apply it? So it's, it's funny you mentioned that when first launching the product, we went after a, 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 an excited fitness audience. And uh, we realized, and I had been warned that don't, don't try to market anything scientific to fitness people because they're real stupid. Uh, and I found that to be true. Like there's really a lack of intelligence in, in um, fitness fans, not in the industry necessarily, but you know, like the fact that cortisol and uh, cardio, that research has been out for 40 years, yet you don't hear that at the gym. Well, why? Like if they tell you, like, if you want to lose weight, you should just do cardio. It's the worst advice they can give. It'll give you the opposite, actually. But for 40 years, they've been saying the wrong thing. Does anybody care? No. Because all they're there to do is sell memberships. And, and then also, let's look at, like, the fitness industry in general. Like, who really succeeds? Like, there's millions of people who work out and talk about working out. But do these, do these people look exceptional? Are they in exceptional condition? Or is, are there hundreds of thousands of people who are just a tenth of a second short of the, you know, the 4.3 40-yard dash? No, not even close. Pretty much the people who go into the average plan of fitness don't look any different than the people who go into the pizza hut. It's the same. People are out of shape. Even people who fanatically work out seem to be out of shape. The leanest 1% of males in the United States is 10.6% body fat. That's the best 1%. That's pathetic. That's like you can see your top two abs. I mean, it's just, and, and, and because body fat's a great metric because it considers muscularity too. Like, 
the more your muscularity goes up, the lower your body fat does as a percentage of your body weight. So and when I look at these statistics, it's just like, why is anybody defending the industry? Everybody fails at it. Like, I know people that have worked out for 20 years that don't look any different. They just got older. That's about it. And so I see now there's people like you who have adapted. But let's talk about the majority. Like, I bet you know 10 people that go to the gym all the time. They haven't got anything out of it. Am I right? Yeah. What I, what I kind of see too out there is um, there's a, there's so much information as far as food, diet, the right protocol, things like that. And a, a lot of people who don't prioritize fitness for their life, they just need something simple, right? Like, uh, you know, I know a, a buddy who, you know, he got a great result on that. Uh, what is that thing with the, the Chuck Norris endorsed it. He just loved it. Uh, well, you know what I'm talking about? It's got that. Yeah. It's that, like a sled moves. At, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. So, yeah and right in the TRX. Like I, I like that. You, you can get results with anything, but I think that the idea for most people is total gym. It's called total. Gym. Yes. Total gym. Yeah. Chuck Norris. You need Chuck. Once you get yeah. Chuck Norris, you are going to sell out. That's your problem. Yeah. yeah. Got, once you get Chuck Norris, it's, it's sold, it's sold out for life. Um, but just keep something consistent that creates the results because it can be really disheartening when you go to the gym, you don't really know what you're doing often, right? That's why you get trainers. You, 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 you go through all this process and all of a sudden, like you said, like, yeah, you know, vanity is a, an important thing for people who want to feel better, right? They want to change right. their body. They want well, to it look pulls a, a lot way. of people in. Like, I'm not saying that I designed a product that really just addresses vanity and no other problem. Like people are getting so much stronger, so much healthier as a result of what they're doing, but their driving force, why they want to do it ultimately is to look better. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's the truth. Yeah, so, right? I mean, it's and, just, and it's, it's, it's kind of the, the fishing hook that brings people in. They say, you know yep. what? I don't feel confident about my body. Right. And so, well, there's probably these, these other factors. I'm not working out. I'm not do. I'm not eating right. I'm not doing this, but once the body starts to adapt and you see that change it mm. then gives you motivation for those other elements. Then you start eating a little bit better. Then you're a little mm. bit more consistent with your workouts. Now we're working on mindset. And then we're working on, to me, like the highest goal is a spirit, spiritual realm of saying, who am I, what I came, what I come here to do. And when you don't feel good in your own skin, you don't feel confident to go to that next level. If you are injured, right, or your health is, is not in in. Uh, good form you are not using imagination and your spiritual ideas and who you are in any capacity you, you kind of have to do that so it is kind of like that fishing hook that says look let's get the body uh, the way you want to look and feel right because it's going to do both it's going to help you uh look how you want to look to fit into the dress or to you know have the muscles at the beach but also it's that it's that thing that says, okay, now what, right? I've got the body. Now I can work on the mindset. I can work on the other things because I feel better about myself. Right. And so that's kind of how I, I see that progression. And I think it's, um, you know, 90% of the USA, 90% of Canada. And, and a huge thing that we're seeing in the world right now is people not taking care of their health. And what I've noticed in people who are having peak performance, you need to do that. And that's what I like about yours is very simple. There's nothing very complicated about it. Um, so yeah, so you want to speak on that? And, and I'd love for you to speak on the mindset too, because you know, you're an interesting guy in the sense that you are a scientist, 
you want results. And so, you know, how do we, how do we integrate this as a package for a way of life? Because I feel like most of my listeners, they're the everyday Joe, they do want that result. And I get it actually all the time because it's a spiritual quote unquote podcast. We're talking about life purpose and things like that and connecting with, you know, a greater spirit and all that kind of fun stuff, which is great, but I'm an athlete. So I've always seen a lot of nonsense in places that people don't see that nonsense, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was like, from the athletic perspective, like, oh, how do you stay in shape? And there's all these different things. And so I just love your opinion on that of like, you know, what, what should they do for the average Joe? And then how do they add the mindset element to it? So I said, we, we initially uh, went after fitness fans and I talked myself about that because they just weren't smart enough. Like you'd show them a scientific argument and they would just make, you know, just completely like, I can't even say the profanity and how many times they like, you know, called me gay. And by the way, who does that anymore? Like, really? Is that, is that still an insult? I mean, maybe it is in some like trailer park, but come on guys. Nobody cares if somebody's gay anymore. Like, shut up. Yeah, yeah, getting a lot of flack out there, right? Yeah, no, it's funny. It's, oh, it's yeah, a- and I got, I just got attacked for just presenting science. And I'm like, all right, these guys are too dumb to understand. So I switched, and uh, immediately we started targeting busy executives. So busy executives are actually looking to optimize. Because think think about the uh, the typical, like, loser, like the typical guy that has nothing going on. He, he can, he has two hours to spend at the gym. Now he'll say, I make time. No, nobody wants you around. That's why you have the time. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm really like, you know, kind of stereotyping these people, but stereotypes exist for a reason. And uh, like, like as I, as I got to understand this market a little bit better, I just like, there's no hope for a lot of these, a lot of these people. I don't know what it is about fitness that attracts these, these people. But uh, I, I think a lot of it is just kind of jealousy driven people like they want to be in shape so they can ridicule others who aren't. Maybe that's the motivating factor. I don't know. But really disgusting attitudes and, and disappointing people. But um, once we start focusing on. I want to I want to just chime in one thing, you know, that you just said there, because I think it's important. You know, I would say that my audience is like sensitive in nature. Um, and so when we talk about like that attitude, I've been to the gym and I've experienced this quite a bit of, mm. of really, really terrible attitudes. And yeah. Not always, but it's it's like a shocking thing. And I can say that, you know, it's like it really exists. And you wonder what the hell? something about fitness drives these people. so so they do exist right and so when they when they throw it at people like you it's really annoying so i, I just wanted to throw that in there because a lot of people might not know that uh, you know because i didn't you know go to the gym right i was always a martial artist so the the spirit in martial arts gym is very different but it's sometimes everything yeah. about martial arts is respect yeah like yeah, respect yeah, right? others respect the art respect the person who's teaching you yeah. like like and the more respect you give the more open you are to learning yeah, a hundred percent. And so yeah. when I go to the gym, I'd be like, what, what is happening here? This is such a weird thing. Like it, it was like yeah. new for me and I was an adult and I was strong, but I was like, this is a really weird thing that I don't understand. Like, it's just a negative feeling, you know? So I know what you mean. And it's just like, yeah. So I just want to throw that in there for people. And it's yeah. kind of like similar, you know, not all surfers, but when I surfed, I thought they were going to be the best people. When I went around the world, I found often that, like, uh, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, they're not, they're sometimes not the friendliest. Not there friendly. to help you. 
Yeah. 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 The friendliest I found were the skaters, right. Where, you know, whatever shape or size or whatever, again, it's that openness mm -hmm. to learning. I feel like it's important. So I just want to throw that in there because it, it is relevant and it's kind of shocking. You know, I've, I've gone mm -hmm. to a lot of gyms around the world and not always, but very often it's just like very, a very confusing attitude at times. And so that's yeah. another reason why in gyms, they separate men and women, right. For multiple reasons, right. Because mm -hmm. women have a different attitude most of the time. And so, you know, it's just something to factor in when people, they just want to, they want to be strong. They want to take care of their body. They want to understand what that's like. And with right. the sea of uh, nonsense, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to um, sift through. And what you're saying is like, let's look at the science here. Let's not, yeah. you know, have to butt heads and, and throw stones at people. Let's see what works and whatever's better. Let's, let's use that, you know, let's see if it's going to get the result that we want. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for that interjection. That was beautiful. Um, so, and like I said, once we switch to people who are open-minded to learning something new and something that might work better, you know, they weren't sure the first time they heard me give a, you know, one minute lecture and like an ad or, or just came across my Instagram, they were like, well, you know, I want to see what this guy has to say. He could be right about something. And then, so, you know, they, they watched a bunch of videos or now they go and read the book and then they're like, wow, this makes perfect sense. I totally want to apply this to the letter and get great, great results. And they do. So that, that's how, how it's grown. And, uh, and it's just, it's just looking for the people with the right mindset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's also like the willingness to try, right? You can, anybody can, especially now in today's climate, everybody can throw stones everywhere, you know, and, and any machine or thing will work if you put the, um, the effort into it. And you can also do the due diligence yourself. Like I went through some of the studies you posted and I was looking at Westside Barbara Bell and how they would use the resistance bands and talk to my other buddies who are incredibly strong. And I was like, oh, there is something to this. This is fascinating. And so, you know, ultimately we got to take responsibility for our health. And, you know, I, if you go to the gym too, you'll see the weirdest stuff people do. It just blows your mind. Like every time I, I see a barbell curl, I'm like, you don't really know what you're doing or you just want massive biceps. And if that's what you want, great. That's what you want. Um, but my function is a little bit different. You know what I mean? So I was like, there's not a lot here, but the whole point is if, if the, if the gyms were like martial arts, um, studios or skateboard, um, parks, we're looking at, it's like, Hey, why do you do that? You know, what's the result you get from that? Is it helpful? What are you going for? Oh, you're training for a triathlon. That's amazing. What is your training schedule like? Right. And right. so you have this openness. We don't all want the same goals, but the mm -hmm. spirit of the training, right. The spirit of how you do mm -hmm. it, I feel is important. And so, you know, I think that, you know, what you're offering is a very interesting thing and it does have, you know, some very fascinating science. What I like about it is it's not complicated. People will get lost in complication, right? It does seem to be proven effective. And so, you know, you, you try it and see if it works. And that's kind of what I've done in my life is I've heard the craziest claims. Imagine going into the spiritual realms and say, you know, you do this and then you get this experience. Well, I'm stupid enough to go try a lot of those things and be like, ah, you know, that one didn't work or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying. And what would you recommend for, um, just like people getting started and like overcoming, like the fear of getting into the gym, getting healthy, like what are your staples of like, you want to get fit, you want to look good, you want to feel healthy. How do you define that for yourself? 
Well, I, I define it just how the academic literature defines it. Like we need to be as strong as possible and as lean as possible. Also, like sometimes when you know, when somebody asks me questions, I'm just going to say what the academic literature says because I mean, no one's listening because they want my opinion, right? It's like, well, scientifically, what's correct? Because like I don't really have an opinion on most of these things. And, and also, like we said before the show started, if somebody could prove to me that eating candy bars was going to put on more muscle than steak, well, then I'd probably be eating candy bars. But obviously, no one's going to prove that because that's just a stupid idea. But, uh, but we know that because we've been following the literature. So, like, ultimately, the right answer is the right answer. And uh, there's no room for emotion. Like, uh, now, I do also realize that a big motivator of some uh, some of these people that we're talking about, the kind of bad attitude people, they're actually not looking for results necessarily. They're looking to create videos so they can brag about themselves on the internet. Uh, or, you know, like very, very sort of ego-driven and I'm better than you sort of attitude. Um, well, if they are ego-driven, they should be figuring out how to put some of that, you know, the muscle slab on there, see what works. Yeah, but, but it's too its too many steps. Yeah, see, and that's they just, can use shitty form in an exercise and then brag about how strong they are later that evening. But gaining 20 pounds of muscle, that requires you to read something, pay attention, maybe watch some videos, learn something. Learning, that is something they're not interested in doing. They don't learn anything. They, they have all the answers, right? So you know, I'm going I'm to tell you about your favorite study you didn't even know existed. You ready? You're going to like this. So Dunning-Kruger, 1999. Uh, it, it was a very unique study. and It was done broad population. So big, big sample size. And it looked at people who uh, they had a certain ability to perform tasks like uh, whether it was math problems or puzzles or whatever. And then they had a certain, so there, it was their competence and then their competence versus, and this is how it was scored versus what they believed their competence was. So the smartest people would get hundred percent on everything, but they would believe they were like 95% because obviously the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know. The dumbest people believed they were the best. Absolute conviction that they were the best. They know everything. And I think this explains a lot of political discussion on the internet. Like the least informed people are the ones with the strongest uh, presentation of their, of their opinions or, or position on things. Like they don't even know the words they're using, but they are absolutely convinced that they are right and they know everything about it so like in in this is this is just amplified with fitness because fitness is like we were talking about it seems to be a like a very attractive thing to you know a, a a group of people not the whole group but a group of people that's kind of dysfunctional so well you know, all of a sudden you see people who just like they'll throw themselves on their swords for what they believe in but they're wrong and you can prove them wrong but they won't read what you post. 
Yeah. And there's a, there's a, there's a lot of factors to that, right? Like the whole Instagram fame game and right. And all that and younger people. And that's why I like a lot of the show. I want to have people who've been older, like you could be young and come on the show, but I've also value people have gone through a lot of experience and know the rights from wrong. There is wisdom in age, you know, it's like, I made all these mistakes and now I know. And so we need to be in the number one thing is being open to learning. You know, I chat with you all day. There's a lot of other questions I throw at you, but I know you gotta, you, you probably gotta go. Um, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or that you want to leave the with listeners with? And if you did have time, I'm curious about other studies around mindset. I've done a lot of studies on visualization, uh, peak performance, things like that. So, and I've also seen one on strength, like would they visualize uh, sprinters running the same muscle fibers would go, uh, you know, fire off in the body and then also with strength too. So I'm wondering if you know any of those weird studies, if you, if you have time to address them, if not, you can just close it up. Yeah. Uh, I, I... We will talk about that. So right. <laughs> mindset, mindset, I'll start with mindset studies, but then remind me uh, to go back and talk about squats because we okay. talked about that earlier and that was fun. And I think the listeners should hear that. Um, so mindset, there was a, a clinical psychologist involved in the second clinical trial that was done around my first invention. Uh, and it was, how do you assess, how did you assess your health from the beginning? How did you assess your, your control over your health? And then we asked the same questions towards the end, six months later, towards the end of, end of the study. Now, uh, these people in this study were all sufferers of uh, metabolic syndrome. So like pre-type 2 diabetes. It was a night and day difference towards what they believed they had control over in the end. At the beginning, they saw their health as a very frustrating subject. It was something that was completely out of control and they were just waiting to die. Then in the end, they felt like they had complete control over it and they believed they would live as long as they chose to. Yeah. That's powerful. That's a mindset. And that's, and that, sorry to cut you off, I should just let you keep going, but I'm just saying that's the, that's the key with health, right? If you don't have that confidence in your body, it's mm -hmm. your vehicle in this environment. You know, the reason I'm confident even in combat to say what I want to say, to do what I want to do is because I trust my body, right? And mm -hmm. so if your body is breaking down on you, that's, that's not a great thing. If you're not proud of your body, like love your body as it is a hundred percent, no matter if it's all frigged up, mm -hmm. right? And trust that will adapt and create it what you want to go but whatever it shapes let it be that but no you can you know control you you work with this thing it's this integration that's what martial arts is your mind body spirit right and so many people don't have that and if you don't have that confidence in your body you're not having all these other confidence you know in your health in your mindset in your career in your entrepreneurship you know to to take all the nonsense that you take because i've seen some of it right so like i said some of the listeners don't know what it's like out there which i like i find it funny but you're like it's like hey like just <laughs> you don't need to be a and an a-hole we could have a discussion but you're not choosing that you're choosing something else and it's not cool yeah, you, know? just you, wouldn't, yeah right. you wouldn't you wouldn't say it to my face it's just like i've experienced a lot of that this year so i get it so sorry please continue because i think that that is so powerful that's that's huge right and so whatever we yeah. can do to to gift that to people that that's a really powerful thing right well also like a lot of the angry trolls they don't talk about things that have already been successful for me like inventing a device that reverses osteoporosis faster than any drug ever trial without side effect they ignore that but of course they have like my university wasn't good enough or uh 
you know, like like Mr. Olympia doesn't use it. The current guy, I don't even know who that is. Uh, but it's just like so also we kind of know bodybuilding is just like a lot of drugs in that. So I mean, did did the winner lift weights harder or did you just do drugs harder? We don't know. Only that guy knows. So I I, I, t- I tell people don't don't look at bodybuilders because you don't know what you're looking at. Look at NFL players. You want to see what like strong athletic people look look at look at guys that are drug tested. That's what that's what's possible. And you know I think most of what I see out of the NFL players that I work with. Now I could never have looked like an NFL player with standard weights. Like once I got X3, now when I work with these guys, they're like, wow, you're in like better shape than all of us. And, you know, they're of course in their twenties and I'm 44. So they're like, how are you in this kind of shape? Well, you know, heavy forces change the body, right? Yes. I have a better strategy of putting heavy forces through the body. And that, that's really all it's on. And they're like, all right, let's get started. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I that's how I do that. But of course, they've got a mindset too, because they know what's possible. They know what they could do when they were 18, 19, 20, right? It's real easy to get somebody back than it is to get somebody there the first time, especially if they're older when they do it the first time. When you started deadlifting, that was a huge mental step because you had never done it before. And how old were you when you started this? I think I was like maybe 29 or 30. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like learning a new language. You, know, you can learn a new language when you're a kid because you're not worried about sounding dumb. Everything you say is dumb. Mm-hmm. So sorry about that. Um, so when you're when you're unfamiliar versus familiar when you're one of these uh these nfl players and you know that you can you have the effort you have the ability and then they look at me and they're like well this guy did it and he was never in the league i could do it so uh that's that's powerful but like i said you just you always need to have that that mental Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I know that I know you got to run, but I'll just quickly remind you the the squats and any anything else that you want to leave the list. Oh yeah, <laughs> the squats. So you know, like a lot of people, we've discussed this. So they like to argue, even if they don't understand the subject they're arguing about, because uh, they have nothing better to do. And like I said, the Dunning Kruger effect. Uh, nobody wants these people around. The bottom twentieth percentile uh, is not even allowed in the military for intelligence testing, like, because they'll shoot themselves in the foot. They'll shoot one of their fellow soldiers. They'll drive a vehicle, you know, right into a water tank or something. They're dumb. So they're not allowed to do anything other than push a mop as uh, professor Jordan Peterson likes to say. So um, when these people give their feedback and of course they have limitless time, nobody wants them around. So they're on the internet. Um, it's very interesting because you never change their mind because they're not capable of independent thought. So what you have to do is wait for those people to have their neighbor get it. And then they see their neighbor doing it and then they'll think it was their idea the whole time. Remember when the first iPhone came out? 
I don't know, not really. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, people said so it was going to go. Yeah. Now I can't even imagine that. I was like, wait, what does that look like? I think I had like number. I might have had the first one. I had the first one. I still have it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saved that because uh, I knew it was going to be like groundbreaking. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just another phone. But uh, what I knew back then was that people are so small minded that they're going to get caught up in a detail. So. So all tech reviewers, except for one guy who worked for the Wall Street Journal, he's retired now, but his name is Walter Mossberg. He's the only tech reviewer that said this thing is going to be a smashing success. Everybody else said it was like just the stupidest thing ever because it didn't have a keyboard because BlackBerry owned the market back then. They had a nice keyboard. And so uh, Mossberg was like, you guys haven't seen what a touchscreen can really do yet. So this thing is going to be hugely successful. He was the only guy who was right. I hope they sent him a fruit basket or something like that. Uh, they can certainly afford to send him a nice one. <laughs> but ultimately, like so many people were just sheep. They were just saying what we need is a better version of what we already have, not to go into some complete different direction. And they were wrong. And so it's okay because my customers are smarter people. They're like Walter Mossberg. They're like, oh, different way, more efficient, better results. I'm in. And, and so the other people, they'll come along. They'll come along whether they like it or not, because it's just the better path. And like nobody works out for the sake of a workout. They work out for results. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, do you want to touch on the squats thing? Because I think you forgot. Yeah. That you talked about. Okay, oh, yeah, the squat. So funny. <laughs> like, like sometimes just to like a like, group of people who already, you know, sit down and they get their arms folded at like a conference. So they, they showed up to, to show me how bad their attitude is and to not listen. I say, uh, okay, who here thinks a squat is a functional exercise? Of course, everybody raised their hand. I said, oh, you guys must train kangaroos. I would have raised my hand. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Everybody, of course, a squat yeah. is functional. Yeah. Well, unless you're a kangaroo, no, it isn't. Like, you should squat on one leg at a time because we walk on one leg at a time. We run on one leg at a time. We make any agility move one leg at a time. The only time we use two feet is to stop. And we're not practicing stopping. We're practicing going. So ultimately, what do we need? Like we need something to put more force through one leg at a time. So with X3, we train one leg at a time. Think about what you can accomplish. And this is where I win people over. Think about what you can accomplish when all of your cardiac and oxygen producing organs and abilities are going into one quadricep and one glute. You just doubled your fuel to your legs by making that one change as you train. You know, there's sort of a deep sigh and they kind of all nod and they're like, wow, hadn't thought about that. Well, you get exceptional leg growth and you train one leg at a time because you got all your resources going into one leg at a time, which is going to double your output capacity. Yep. Well, makes makes too much <laughs> it makes too much sense. Well, yeah. you know, I I'd love to I I'd love to um go into some of the sports psychology stuff maybe on a, on another day and another call. But you know, I I feel like a lot of the stuff you're addressing is hey, 
um, this is a science. It's all backed by scientific literature. What are your goals? If you have something that works better and you can prove it, fantastic. And here's something that produces fantastic results. And it's simple. And a lot of the, you know, the good workouts and the good strategies are very simple. If you're a more complicated athlete, um, feel free to adapt and, and, you know, test your own methods. Um, but if it's good enough for Miami heat and it reduces um, injuries, it's a bit safer. Uh, and you're hitting the big ones, deadlifts, which we know generate, you know, a lot of, wait, what is it? What is he? I don't even know what it generates as a lot of strength. See, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. There's neural adaptations. <laughs> there's muscular power adaptations. There's, um, I know you need the deadlifts. Cosmic and myofibro growth. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. So I know you need to do the deadlifts and I don't, I don't know why I ask people like you and I, you need to do the squats because it generates a lot of these, um, whatever you need the body to do. I just call it strength. I get stronger. That's what I know. And that's what I like. And so you're hitting that with that machine where, where the other ones don't a lot of, a lot of these other ones like TRX, I love that. It's a really great thing. I use it for a while, but it doesn't, it doesn't give me what I need as far as strength squats and deadlifts, right? It's a different thing. Right. So I can use it for skateboarding and agility and stuff like that, but I do need that, you know, squat and deadlift resistance to, you know, gain the strength and some of the other stuff that I want to happen. So, right. um, well, this has been great. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything else that you want to leave those listeners with? Where do they go um, and check out X3? You have some videos on there. Um, you yeah. got some videos I, on YouTube. You'll get to see Dr. John's massive arms. That's fun in itself. So, <laughs> and if you have any questions, I think there's, um, you know, some spots for people to do that as well. Sure. Uh, the best place to find me, I created a landing page, which has links to my YouTube and Instagram. I'm most, mostly active on Instagram. Uh, it's just so streamlined. Like, Facebook is just kind of a mess. Right. Uh, so, uh, but, but any, any way, anywhere you want to get to me, just go to drj.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, the letter J.com. And uh, you can find everything from there. Awesome. Cool. And, and the studies. And if you want to give them a hard time too, but <laughs> no, no, the, my audience will be nice. I'm sure. But uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been a pleasure. We'll stay in touch. Thanks, Matt. Yep. See you later guys. Bye. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely extraordinary Dr. John Jakewish. I hope that you enjoyed that show. It's so fascinating since this episode, you know, I kind of look more into bands again because I was getting into them and it's kind of exploding. So this technology and this, uh, these studies are getting out there about how you can train safer, how you can have more load, how you can um, apply all these different things to have a very different workout than just the gym. Um, like you could sense in the podcast that Dr. John's taken a lot of flack from um, different people out there that really prefer the weight training and things like that um, but the proof is in the pudding with the technology what you can do with bands and so whether it's x3 bar whether it's getting to the gym uh, whatever it is for you to just own your health to take care of your body i personally i love the kettlebell um, i'm gonna you know i've been using band training with my strength training you know deadlifts and training for martial arts and things like that you know athletics and, and as well as just doing something that you enjoy so whether it's uh, boxing or skill related or or outdoors or bike or something you know make your fitness enjoyable so that you can sustain it over a long period of time take care of your body that's how you're gonna have the secret to health vitality improve your mindset improve your quality of life it all starts with the health and so no matter what road you take to get there just be sure to prioritize that make it fun 
make it your own and um, engage in the journey. So thank you guys so much for listening to this show. I invite you to leave a review on iTunes, become a member at mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list. You'll get a gift, gift pack of meditations and some really cool stuff in there. Morning meditation, success hypnosis, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, follow me on Telegram and uh, Linktree forward slash Matt Belair to find all the links because they're constantly evolving these days with all the kind of stuff that's going on. Um, if you're interested in the Atomic Alchemy coaching group or one-on-one coaching, um, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. If you're a fit, I'll happily invite you to experience a client training call um, just to see what it's like, to see if it's fit for you. We're really calling in people who are committed to living their life purpose, who want to make a positive impact on this planet and uh, walk the path with their highest self. And so if that sounds like you, just uh, hit me up. would love to hear from you and, and uh, just to know and support what you're working on. So that's it. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we uh, end this episode. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, courage, connection, joy, compassion, and ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.